You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Mark Williamson is the Mad Hatter of Harlem. His shop, Flamekeeper's Hat Club, is the pinnacle of style and elegance. It's the only place you need to go to find your groove. Sitting here with Mark, uh, very happy to have him here. Um, I've visited his uh, shop many times. I've had a thousand questions Indeed. about what hats do uh, I wear and where do I get them. And I got to the point where I was actually carrying Mark's card from the Flame Keepers Hat Club in my wallet because when I saw someone with a bad hat or they saw my great hat, I would say, man, you got to go check my friend Mark out. So, Mark, thanks for coming. Thanks. Yep. For I mean, that's here. only because you look so good in hats. So that, <laughs> that's what it is. That's why you get stopped all the time. Uh, well, that's true. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I have to tell you something. You gave me a, a good uh, style point mm. uh, when I went to your shop. Uh, I like color. And, uh, and the, one of the best things you ever did for me was why we became, and you are my hat guy now, is you were working at a different store before you branched out on your own. And I came in to buy a bunch of hats. There was a a, a white gentleman about my age who came over to me and said, "Um, hey, can I help you? And I looked over and I saw Mark, who was strapping a badass hat on, cool scarf. And I said, no, I think that gentleman right there can help me. And I started talking to you about hats. Yes. And I'll never forget, I was trying a bunch of fedoras, and um, you said to me, you know, why don't you come back in two weeks? Uh, we got these stingy brim hats, and man, they're going to look great on you. And I laughed at you, and I said, really? Like, come back in two weeks? Like, like who doesn't sell somebody a hat when they walk in the store asking for a hat? But that's how cool Mark was. And I came back two weeks later, and I tell you, that hat got me more compliments and got me really rolling to, like, loving hats. And, uh, okay. and that okay. was uh, the trust. And I think you're – Yeah, it, that's, just that's about what that. I'm about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I believe, you know, one, you know, hats sell themselves. So I, I tell people all the time that, you know, I'm not a salesman. I'm not here to sell you. You know, um, the mirror – is always the best salesperson in the place. <laughs> you know, we'll always tell the truth. And um, I also believe that um, you should really, the hat should stir your emotion. You know, it should make you feel something when you look in the mirror the same way you feel something when you get a great haircut or, you know, a great shave. It's the same type of thing. If it's not making you feel that way, then, you know, just like I told you, but on a different note, I'd say, you know, just walk away. You know, sure. one, yeah. one I'd say right now, I'd say take a picture of yourself with your phone. Right. And so the next time you're walking and you see someone that has a great hat on that you think has a great hat on, then you can, you know, take out your phone, look at the picture of yourself and be like, okay, not too bad. You know, so it's a way to, you know, break yourself into it. Right. You know, but, but you definitely have to feel it. No, yeah. no doubt about it. Is it true? Like you, you said to me, and so this is after I've walked away, didn't buy, came back, bought a hat. And I said, how about this? And you were like, man, you could pretty much wear a lot of stuff because you have the confidence to wear it. Mm. And that's, that is the truth. There is a confidence to hat wearing. Oh. Like Because I, I see someone like, no damn, that's a ballsy hat. But you see somebody pulling off because they're like, 
Yeah, that's right. Check it out. Yes, I mean, no question. I think, like, um, <clears throat> depending on, you know, the color of the hat, I think uh, definitely, you know, the size of the hat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, you know, um, the size of the hat, the color can definitely, you know, they say confidence to someone walking right. by looking at you. Uh, and that's just a fact, um, as opposed to just your, I guess, a it's straight black hat or something like that. I mean, people, especially here in New York City, they'll look and be like, okay. And if you're a guy, if you're a man, you know, women see you be like, mm, okay, he's confident. Yeah. It's a big difference. Do you know what I love is also, it, there's an unspoken word about people who wear hats. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have some great fedoras, thank you, some borsalinas, yes. some, some stuff now from the Flame Keepers Hat Club with your logo on, yeah. on which we'll talk about. And uh, I've been in Penn Station and have been going down the escalator where somebody's coming up, and they're like, damn, great hat. And I go, you too, the JJ's or Flame Keeper? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a kind of a club. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, for sure. Because hats went away for so long. Yeah, yeah It's I a think, really interesting history. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of people feel like hats died, they'll say, oh, John F. Kennedy killed the hat business because mm. uh, he didn't wear a hat. He was like one of the first presidents not to wear like a top hat to the inauguration. Yes. Um, but actually, you know, he wasn't, you know, against hats. Um, the hat union actually funded, you know, played a big part in funding his campaign. They were big contributors. Yes. With, uh, you know, they, his father, you know, had, you know, he was always in a top hat or a hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had rally the troops. And, um, you know, one of the reasons uh, JFK didn't wear a hat to the um, inauguration because you had you formed, used to wear a top hat, and his head was pretty big. Huh. And so the top hat that he had did not fit, so that's why he just carried it. But, I mean, I, that's a myth. And, you know, upon reading myself, I don't believe that. I, I believe um, one theory that I have is just historically, at that time in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, you know, like even if you go back from the 20s, you go from 20s to the uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, like each decade, brims got smaller and smaller, you huh. know. So you look in the 60s, the late 50s, you look at happy days, okay. Sure. You know, <clears throat> Tom Bosley with the hat on, it was a small brim, ah. okay, to the late 50s. And then to the 60s, um, Against smaller brims, smaller brims. And to the 70s where, okay, you know, guys were growing their hair out, you know, afros, long hair, girls going braless, you know. Mm. And it was, um, you know, it's a a sign of rebellion. And I believe that that's really, you know, if anything, you know, hurt the hat business, I believe it was that. You know, because the hat and the suit was establishment. Yes, you know? and yes, so right. I feel like... Um, and JFK being young, charismatic, he's like, I don't want to look like every president before me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to wear a hat. Uh, absolutely. <clears throat> like, right. I mean, he was actually um, very good friends. Like, one of his best friends was, uh, like, the son of uh, one of these major hat companies. I don't know if it was Churchill, I forget which one, mm-hmm. or maybe Knox, I forget I which one. I know Brooks one. Brothers. But uh, one of his best friends, yeah. like... Uh, family owned like a major hat company. He's like, you're so. killing my business, JFK. What, yeah. Put a goddamn hat on. I heard a really good um, theory as well. So Ike, 
it presides over the biggest uh, explosion of highways and freeways across America. Mm. So now all of a sudden, instead of on a bus or train like most people in a big city, metropolis, a lot of headroom. Yep, all of a yep. sudden now we're we're on we're in cars on highways and freeways. The headroom in a car so yeah, much smaller. That's now one. you get into a car. There's only a foot. You don't have a hat. You take your hat off. It's the first reason, or one of the first times people didn't wear hats all day is because they got in the car. They took the hat off. Yep, yep. That's another um, another <clears throat> theory. I, I think is probably a culmination of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think even now to this point, when you look at it today, I think you know barbers and hairstylists are so prevalent so if you have hair you know you're getting you know that cut you're spending all that money for that cut i mean you're really not paying it to cover it up so i mean bald men definitely are a major force as far as the hat business goes you know and then if you do have hair i mean you really have to be you know somewhat of a style person yeah you know as far as men and and only like five percent of men actually dress if they don't have to go to an event or a wedding or something like that. You know, there's, there's this very small percentage of guys who are like super stylish that yeah. will wear a brim. You Absolutely, know? I still, you know, I got to start. You always look super stylish. Top hat. You wear a top hat, multiple hats, but you have a top hat on a lot. But you got the, the great beard. Uh, it's a style thing. I tell you, nothing hurts me more. I go to the theater go somewhere with uh, my wife or I'm just out and I see people in sweatpants uh, with the word juicy written across their ass and I'm (laughs) like you know I'm sure it is because it doesn't look like you've washed for about three days (laughs) but the laziness that people can't personal groom yeah yeah I mean that that's one thing I mean I'll tell you like with the the top hat for me I mean I have been in that business like 20 plus years but I only started wearing the top hat when um I opened a shop of my own, and uh, it was actually a guy who was a um, like a blogger, like pretty heavyweight influencer, just came check out the shop, what mm-hmm. have you, and he posted on his Instagram, he was like, the Mad Hatter of Harlem. So I was like, okay, I'll take that name. Love it. You know, so yeah. um, then I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, start wearing this top hat. So who are some of your style mentors? Like, cause, well, and let's go back. So you, how did you get in the hat business to begin with? What was the, um, the draw? I was a college student, <clears throat> uh, needed a part-time job. I mean, I was actually going to FIT, and I was going there because uh, a girl I was dating was going there at the time. So, um, and you can, you know, you can go in non-metric very easily. You could back then. Mm-hmm. So uh, they had this awesome job bulletin board there i Mm. mean like tons of jobs and great jobs so i had three job interviews one day first job interview was at a hat shop got hired on the spot so um, was that jj's yep that was jj's so i was a uh just a stock boy working part-time you Mm. know i uh used i was rapping then Mm. you know and i was making like hip-hop beats Mm. but i i mean they didn't know that there right so I had actually incorporated a um, a record label, like incorporated a record label before, um, you know, the web. Sure. And, and so I had aspirations for that. And so I was just doing my thing there. But, there, yeah, it, just, it wasn't that I had a love for hats or anything like that. I just needed a job. And, you know, destiny 
you know, showed his face. Sure. And, and here I am 20-some-odd years later. So then you started your own Flamekeeper's Hat Club. And by the way, if you go in it, it's just it's traditional but super stylish and very modern at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much there greeting everybody the times I go to the store. Yep. And that personal uh, contact is huge, but the colors mm-hmm. and everything from Peaky Blinders, Newsies, Stetsons, Fedoras, Borsalinas, and then you have your brand, your signature mm-hmm. brand, and the logo is a turtle with a flame or a uh, torch. With the torch, yes. <clears throat> And mm-hmm. what is that just, what's that iconic um, kind of? Well, uh, I mean, I came up <clears throat> with the logo, you know, uh, hired someone to do it. And I was basically doing all the work, didn't like what they did. So I draw myself. So I was just sketching one night um, and uh, came up with it, you know, around the a hat looking like a turtle shell. That was one thing. But then it also came you know, from one of my favorite quotes, which is, uh, behold the turtle, for he only makes progress when he sticks his neck out. So wow. it was like everything just fit, because I'm a big quote guy, you know, love to read quotes, love to be inspired, like need to be inspired. So it came about that way. That's because it's, it's a fantastic logo. I've had Thank people you. stop me because lots of people apparently have an affinity for turtles. Turtles, yeah. But it's a beautiful, um, uh, beautiful logo. Thank so you. what is the... Um, do you, have you traveled to, to like uh, other hat shops to, uh, or where they're made or um, like how deep did you go and research? Because the stuff at the store is spectacular. It's worth just going up there just to see the inventory. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, I didn't do the hat shop thing. I mean, only because uh, I've been in the business so long and, you know, everyone knows everyone and like most hat shops per se, are doing a lot of branded stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they'll do the Stetson, the Borsalino, the this mm-hmm. and that, and um, the Biltmore. But, you know, my vision coming in was to, you know, have my own brand. Because um, when you do, you know, have the hat shop with, you know, a thousand brands, brands that have been around forever, I mean, you don't own anything. <clears throat> right. Basically, you're, you're, you know, a promotional guy for them that you know, gets paid. And um, I I just felt like um, I wanted to have my own brand, number one. And when I started off, really didn't have the money just to open up to come out and come with guns blazing. But I've, you know, been very fortunate and, um, you know, just over time just have built up, you know, this, you know, my inventory. And I just work, you know, super hard and work all the time. And, but it just goes back to the creativity thing. Like, um, you know, if you work, the law of attraction, you know, sure. things come. But also just in creating, you know, just creating one new thing, I'll get like maybe two or three other ideas sure. while I'm doing it. So, yes, it's, so I just love to work in that regard. Right. So what separates your, um, your brand mm-hmm. that you design that's mm-hmm. yours that separates it from those others. I mean, they're beautiful hats, yeah. uh, but like it, it's a. Is I mean, there some different? I know there's a cut. There's some of them a cut a little different. Yeah, um, I, I, um, you know, pretty much I sourced the skeletons from all over the world. You know, different countries: Spain, Italy, uh, Czech, and because every factory offers something different as far as quality, as far as texture, as far as this or that, and then. You know, I'll just, I, I finish them myself, but 
is basically, you know, on the person who likes it and who feels it, you know. And and so I, I don't go and create with a person in mind. I just create to feel, look at look at what I create and be like, okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel that. Like mm-hmm. um, people always ask me, what am I inspired by? So, I mean, I'm inspired by things that are done well. So sure. it could be music, uh, could be a painting, could be a great wine. And, you know, when I see something done well, I'm like, okay, I, I want to create something to make someone feel the way this song made me feel. So tell me how difficult it is to go from Fifth Avenue in Midtown to going up to Harlem to open up your own business. Courageous move, a lot of time, a lot of energy. You want to talk about energy? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely, <clears throat> definitely a lot of work. For sure. Um, You know, I I picked Harlem. People are still hurt, like culturally, like um, the disenfranchised. In Harlem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like the the black people, the African-Americans, whatever you want, you know, you know, still hurting. And I'm like, okay. I mean, one great story was um, I was in the shop one day and this young lady walked in and just, you know, looked around. And she gave me her card, and she was from the Daily News. And she hmm. was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm assigned Harlem, so I walk around, you know, looking for new news to, you know, report or just, you know, talk about locally about Harlem. And so I was like, wow, it would be great, you know, if you could write about me without, you know, being too crazy about it. She was like, okay, she said it might be a good story about, you know, this hat shop opening. So she gave me her card gave her my number and when I'm driving home that night you know she called me and she was like okay I googled you and she was like okay I definitely I want to do the story on you and so she uh did a small piece on me and it was you know great for business and so when I pulled up to the shop the morning that the paper came out you know a bunch of young guys standing in front of the store and I got out the car and one of the young guys were like hey man he was like you know, I saw we saw you in a paper today, man. And this was a young guy, I mean, maybe early 20s. Right. And he said, hey, man, he said, I got to tell you, bro. He said, I, I was proud like that was me. And I was like, wow, okay. So that's a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So it was one of, one of the many stories, one of the many, you know, experiences that I've had up there and where I figured out and learned early on that me opening up there is way bigger than me and way bigger sure. than hats. And we're going to segue into the wine yep, now. For so sure. Every, every episode we drink some wine. Yep. I picked Tensley Syrah. Okay. For Mark. Cheers, brother. Cheers. And I picked it because it's like Mark. It's hmm. brooding. It's complex. Mm. It's got a decade of amazing scores. I mean, a decade of top, top rated score. Okay. Um, it's dark and beautiful, mm. and uh, that's I, me. That's that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you, I'm sure you'll, you'll attest to that. I see the line outside the shop. Yeah. <laughs> so let's taste it. Yeah. Um, see what I mean about being deep and brooding. Mm. Great, jammy fruit. Yep, absolutely. Spice intensity. Mm. Mm. It it matches your hat. <laughs> well, it tastes like um, <clears throat> for me, you know. Uh, Almost like uh, upscale liquid jelly. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. You know? <clears throat> yeah. In that sense, because I definitely 
you know, I, I get the the fruit notes in yeah. there, and like you said, that so that that is what that's one of the first things I get from it for sure. Yeah. Well, I know Joe Tensley who makes the wine. He's got a lot of style, and he'd mm. be super happy that we're drinking this. I'm sure he's going to listen to it and say, "Well, cool, my wine made the podcast." Mm. Uh, but um, great job, Joe. Yeah, there you go. So tell us who who you like some of your favorite styles. Like who wears a hat? Great, you know. Like for me, I've always looked at like Cary Grant, mm. okay, Miles Davis, yep. I mean uh, Coltrane. All the jazz guys always had a badass hat. Well, I mean the jazz guys. <clears throat> they were stylish. You know, jazz was a new form of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, anyone doing something new, you know, pushing... The, these People doing something new are usually on the cusp. And so personally, they are as well. And these guys, you know, being the jazz's entertainment, you had to be entertainers, so you had to dress. But they were all very, um, very stylish. And I think when you were around the leaders of the art form and they're stylish so even if you weren't that stylish and you figure i'm gonna make it okay i'm gonna do what they do sure and then just you know just that way but yeah i mean miles um bird i mean of of all the musicians i, I don't know when you look back there who wasn't stylish That's you true. know with, with the way yeah. they dressed you know um even the jazz musicians that you know i come across now and i have a lot of customers who are jazz musicians they you know play it you know, up in Harlem and around the country, you know, sure. you know, doing serious things. Um, and but I think they know, OK, maybe not on the average day, but if they're doing a set, you know, they, they have to be stylish. It's, it's very different than <clears throat> um, sometimes when I went to you to go to restaurants downtown, even here in New York. And they be like, oh, OK, you got a bass player and this and that. And like so these guys are super casual. But it's very different when you go to these jazz spots and these guys are performing. <clears throat> and also, I know they're rising to the occasion because that's how they get their check. Sure. So, you At know. At the same time, they're putting their best foot forward like, exactly. to attract, attract the ladies. Absolutely. Well, the guys or whatever, but they're styling it out. Absolutely. Yeah, I love uh, Smalls, uh, Blue Smoke. I've seen some amazing mm-hmm. jazz. Uptown. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. All over. Uptown, downtown. Because most yeah. of these guys play. Just all of they play where they can, hmm. pretty much. And uh, but when it comes time to, you know, get down, they're usually you know they're usually dressed. Hmm. Um, and me, I mean, I, I feel like as far as style inspiration, uh, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, I'm inspired definitely by individuality. You know, um, people who express themselves and it looks like they're expressing themselves yeah. you know it looks like what you're wearing looks like you so that that is really what as far as style and dress what i'm inspired by um not so much by trends and things like that but i mean there are many people who are trendy who are doing it well you know so you know enough respect sure. to them too um but i'm definitely inspired by youth so not young people per se but i'm i'm inspired and attracted to youth the youth in a person the youth in a vigor in a person like you're you're a youthful person yeah you know i mean you it could be 30 years from now when you turn 50 
and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but but you you youthful energy, you know, looper, yeah. youthful energy, and that I'm attracted to that. That that's yeah. what I want to be around. Well, like I think it's the, it's the passion that you're talking about. I, mm. I, I want to be around people who are inspired. I want to yeah, see yeah. people who are curious and who are doing things, mm-hmm. trying to make a difference. It's um, yeah, like um, like Picasso said, you know, youth has no age. Right. You know, so <laughs> I am. That that's what I'm attracted to. So that's what I'm attracted to as far as fashion mm-hmm. and people's style as well. You know, um, and, and and people with the whole style thing. And, and I run into a lot of people based on the business that I'm in. You know, sometimes, you know, they can get uppity. Yeah. Oh, yeah you know, no. they. You know, my <clears throat> style is it, and oh, this style is it, and oh, this is old or this is young, and. Um, it was one thing about me. I had an, uh, an epiphany years ago. I was sitting in Javits Center, and some type of event was going on. I mean, they, they have so many of those conventions, whether it be fashion or what have you. But I was sitting there waiting for someone, and I'm just people watching. And I'm looking, and I'm like, wow, that dude, man, he looks corny. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, wow, that dude looks great. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that dude looks okay. And I was waiting, actually, for a while, maybe a half hour. And then this is what I figured out, that, you know, the dude that I said looked corny, there were 100,000 people walking through dressed like him. The dude that I thought looked great, there were 100,000 people walking through dressed like him. The dude that I thought that looked okay, there were 100,000 people dressed like them. So it just taught me, like, okay, everyone has their lane. You know, so, you know, we we like what we like, and that's what we, I think, we have to remember. Right. So that doesn't mean he likes it or she likes it, but whatever they like, it may not be my thing, but there are a legion of people who love that. Sure. No, you know? I, I look, I appreciate style. That's why mm-hmm. starting off with people wear sweatpants that say juicy and, and mm-hmm. can't be bothered, yep. you just yep. think, then just stay home. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't get it. It's just so lazy. And... You should project who you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think most do. It's it's uh, it's like th- if you walk out in your pajamas and something happens to you, this could be the outfit that you die in. That's the front page of the post. That's what people will remember. Well, I think and so. It, people should think of that before they walk out their front door. Is this my dying outfit today? Well, well, I think it goes back to me. You know, as a child, it was the one thing about clean underwear. Yeah. You know, just in case, yeah. you know, got into an accident. <clears throat> right. You know, that was one thing. And then was a, another big one was, okay, if you're, you know, going to get new shoes or sneakers, you know, make sure you don't have holes in your sock. Don't yeah. embarrass me. Right. You know, so. Goes, so maybe that's what it is. The level of embarrassment, the bar is so low right now mm. that people are like, it's okay for me to walk out in my pajamas. It's okay to look like I'm like I'm just constantly live in my yoga gear, you know, like, yeah, well, I, I think, um, some people may live a very relaxed lifestyle and, and also the, the whole quote unquote style thing. I mean, it, it's not in everyone. Sure. You know, it's, it's definitely, but it's not in everyone. And I think it has to be in you. I agree, but I think you don't have to have style, but you certainly shouldn't be 
walking around in your pajamas. No, no, so, definitely. So I you don't agree. have to have style, but come on, have respect about no. who you are and just have some no, absolutely. sense of personal care. Absolutely. Um, so uh, what's your favorite movie where – so I, I love old movies because all the guys are always dapper. I was looking at old pictures from like Union Square and like rallies mm-hmm. and it was in the 50s, and every guy had a sport coat on and a fedora. Okay. Um, so I, I just kind of get – I don't know. I just – feel there's just such an elegant time to have lived is there eras that you like are there movies that you're like man like uh, what's the jude law movie the talented mr ripley yeah mm-hmm. have you seen that yep you Absolutely. walk if you like clothes you're looking at the stuff and the italian suits and the jackets and the pants and the shoes and you're like man like who these mm. are incredible clothes yeah, yeah definitely um casino is one Oh, just yeah. with the color play <clears throat> and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, very, very inspiring for me. Um, just the, you know, the suits with the couches and the wallpaper. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's really when I first started to pay attention to what cinematography sure. really was, to be honest myself. Do you know it's a great one? Mm. Uh, American Gigolo. I think it's Michael Mann. Okay. The scenes mm. with Richard Gere yes, getting yes. dressed. Yep. Julian. Now, I haven't watched that in a long time, but I, I do remember. Laying I mean, it was out the well suits, yes. going into his closet, the music's on. He's pulling out ties and just dropping ties on jackets yes. that are tweed jackets. And, and he has a cashmere jacket, and he's just dropping ties and checking out the color scheme, mm-hmm. what works. And he's deciding, and he's, like, judging. That scene is so beautiful. And I think that I actually probably had a big effect on fashion where oh, guys are just like, yeah, well, no man, question. I'm going to yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Buy some different ties and jackets. And Michael Mann, cinematography was. You talk about it. It's just like all those like really soft colors and just gorgeous shadows. Yep, I mean, that's yep. a fantastic movie for, for, for fashion. Sure. So another, I mean, I'll say two more for me. Mm. One, Dolomite. Rudy Ray Moore. Old black exploitation yes. film. Uh, I don't, I've seen okay. clips from it. Okay. Rudy Ray Moore, <laughs> the suit game, the color play. And mm-hmm. it's really not, for me, it's not about... The cut of the suits, but it's about the colors. Sure, like, no, man. You know, powder blue and white and this and that. Remember um, Charles Oakley from the Knicks? Yeah, absolutely. Lavender suits, purple absolutely, suits. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. another one, I would say um, the, the Mac with uh, Max Julian. So you just have to look it up. Okay. I mean, a lot. You know, it's a um, movie about pimps and things like that. And one guy wanted to get out of the game. You know, that's always a classic story. But sure. White people like golf because it gives them a chance to dress like pimps. Okay. Well, they get the hats, the checks. No, no doubt. Uh, I mean, like you said, the hats, the checks, the, the colors, and everything the colors, like that. Right. I mean, and that's one thing that I'm big on in the shop, actually, um, is reinvention. Because men don't really tend to reinvent themselves. Let's take it back to the store. Uh, your website is? Flamekeepershatclub.com. Uh, check it out. You have a big Instagram uh, yeah, yeah, presence, got a, too. Yeah, I got a, a, um, a pretty decent one, you know. Yeah. Um, go check out the store. You'll be blown away. Not just the hats. It's the color of the bands, too. I'm telling you, there's something for everyone there. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, for guys, here's my tip to you. Once that topsoil erosion kicks in and those raindrops <laughs> fall faster on your nose than they ever have, it's time to start wearing a hat. And I want to yes. thank Mark, for being on the show. Pleasure, brother. Pleasure. Uh, Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's the Christmas season, so it's a time to go buy a hat for somebody you love or drag them into the store and then take them to dinner afterwards. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Yes. Thanks again for listening. 
Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. 